0: You are listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at journeycc.net. Today's message is brought to you by Scott McFarland. We hope you enjoy. All right, all right. So uh, if you guys are new here, I'm Monsi Ferreras. I'm the worship pastor here at Journey Christian Church. Woo, right? Oh, come on, come on. All right, so I have three kids. Uh, pray for me because I already have two teenagers. Yep, but I still have a little uh, seven-year-old, which is cute, so that's great. And then, of course, I only have one wife. She's over there. Okay? <laughs> Thank God. And then my mom lives with us after my dad passed away in 2014. So for those of you who are thinking, maybe, oh, you know, he's taking care of her mom. Nope, she takes care of us. Not the other way around. So um, uh, this year, I've been reading through the Bible again. So Pastor Scott is doing that too. So if you want to join us, we started in January 1st. You're only catching up about 21 days. That's okay, right? So if we know and we feel and we believe that God's Word is like food to us, if you miss breakfast, what do you do? You eat a lot during uh, lunch, right? And then you eat a lot again for dinner. And that's what you have to do to catch up. Come on, wake up, church. All right? So make sure you read through the Bible this year. And we're going to be joining you guys with that. So a little update about uh, my family. So uh, for those of you who know my sister and brother-in-law, they live in the Bahamas. And we've been praying for them to come to the States for years and years. So some of you know that. And we've been praying for that. And we got news last week that on February 13, they will have like an interview to get it, to get the visa. So praise the Lord. So hopefully you'll be seeing them here if they move to uh, California too, if we get our act right. Okay, so. All right, so today also we we are previewing our new uh, online platform. So for those of you who are watching Facebook, we will be pulling out from Facebook uh, starting February 11. It's because as a church, we want you guys to focus together because there's a lot of distractions there, honestly. So, so uh, But we're keeping YouTube. So if you're watching from YouTube, uh, keep doing what you're doing. That's fine. So uh, what you need to know and remember is just this URL. It's called journeytracy.online.church. journeytracy.online.church. Actually, once you click that, it's always the same and you'll be able to see our stream there. And it actually has a better chat feature and you can actually have people pray for you there and stuff like that. It's better. So also, February 4th, make sure you remember that. What's happening in February 4th? All right, 20th anniversary. That's crazy, huh, 20th, 20th? So I just told Scott, uh, two days ago, I told him, in 2004, I just married Carol. So that's crazy, like, how, how years passed by. So, again, for any reasons you don't like my message this morning, my email is scott at journeycc.net, all right? And it's going to miraculously change. If you love this, it's going to be Monsi at journeycc.net. So you only send me the, right, the good ones. All right. So just a recap, Pastor Scott discussed for the last two weeks that if money talked, it would say this, that one, I have no sense of direction. Number two is I'm not the one who blesses you. Today, if money talked, we will hear that your direction reveals your ultimate affection. Your direction for me reveals your ultimate affection. Some website says this, that if money talk, it would say, do you love me? Because you always leave me. It sounds like you're not always sure where things are headed. And it says here too, are we just good friends? Or are we going steady now? Or are we soulmates? So in other words, money can reveal your passion. Do you agree with me on that? What you think about most of the time, what you care about, and what drives your emotion And most of the time, what keeps you awake in the middle of the night, even the deepest desires of your heart. From the get-go, I'm telling you, I'm not an expert for financial stuff. There's a lot of that there on YouTube. Just look it up. But I'm just like you, trying to follow what God's will is for me and my family. But what I know is this, that ever since I found out that we're supposed to be doing certain things because that's how God designed it to be, I am definitely putting God first in everything that we do. Amen? So, to start, I want to say that you might be surprised of how often God talked about money. I hope you know that. For example, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined. In 11 of the 39 parables, he tells are about finances. And there are hundreds of Bible verses in the Bible about our personal finances finances because money is such an important subject to talk about because it reveals who we are okay this room got super quiet right now Uh, breathe guys breathe it's okay all right we're talking just about money all right this passage that we will be reading today would encourage believers to prioritize eternal treasures in heaven over worldly possessions highlighting the transient nature of of material wealth and the lasting value of spiritual investments. There are five things we can do with our money. Can we show that list? The first one is spend it, repay debt, pay taxes, save it, and give it. So for most of us, this is a regular list. Do you have a problem with that list? That sounds okay, right? Right? Guys, sounds okay? All right, good, good. But today, I challenge you To flip the script. That means to turn your hearts around and maybe think differently with me today. Let's look at that list again. So, spend it, repay, pay, save, and give. So, the first one, if I'm taking down notes, I would say spend it, dash me. Spend for me, right? Repay debt, dash me. Pay taxes, dash me. That's what I'm going to do. Save it, dash me, and then give it, dash other people or God. So, so now, what do you think about that list? Is there a problem with that list? I feel like there is. So think about this. Me, 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 others, and God. That's what we've been doing all through our lives. So for us to achieve that great feeling of not being guilty or ashamed of our money when we see something like this, we have to look into what Jesus has to say about money. You guys ready? Amen. You're supposed to be more awake than the first, and, first two service, guys. Come on. All right. So our first fill-in is, it says here, see the reality. See the reality. We'll be reading from Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, so if you're not there yet, I'm waiting for you. You guys, please go there. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. All right, so I'm reading there now. It says here, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in. And still, still. Guys, this is Jesus saying this. So if you are reading from from a printed Bible, you'll be seeing that all of these are words of Jesus. So it's all red. Amen? All right. So that means Jesus is saying this. He is saying don't invest in things here on earth because it will decay. It won't last forever. He is telling us to invest in eternity so by the race of hands who has a five-year plan here come on don't be shy I'm not gonna ask you what those are that's okay all right five-year plan uh who has a 10-year plan 10-year plan all right good Eric is that a 10-year plan okay, okay. so <laughs> uh, so who has a 20-year plan 20-year plan you're like what okay 50-year plan, 50, 50, 50 50-year plan, no? How about a 500-year plan? Who has a 500-year plan? All right, maybe you're saying, oh, that's ridiculous. No one can live that long. But church, what I'm trying to say is your eternal life. Do you have plans for that? Were you preparing for that? Because Jesus said store treasures in heaven, not here. It doesn't seem like you were doing that. So if you say that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you believe that He is the most important person to you and He says that store treasures in heaven, it's supposed to be our one goal. Amen? Amen. We're supposed to be doing that. So do you know what you will do in heaven if you have a 500-year plan? I hope you do. Do you even know how to worship properly when you get there? When Jesus Christ brings us home, do you know how to offer him something of value? If Jesus says, store treasures in heaven, it should be our goal. It should be our main focus. Well, some of you might ask, but how can we have treasures in heaven? Good question. All right. Before we can do that, we must have a change of heart. A change of heart. Do you believe that? Do you agree with me? We need to have a change of heart because to desire the things of heaven, we need a transformed heart that values Jesus more than an abundance of wealth and possessions. Our desires need to change away from earthly things and into eternal and everlasting. In Colossians chapter two, 3, verse 2, it says, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Agree? Amen. Secondly, we can always help the poor and those in need among us. When we do that, we are storing treasures in heaven. Like the early church sold their possessions and distributed to those in need in Acts chapter 2, we can also look to the needs of others around us. Jesus told a story in the parable of the banquet about inviting the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, to a feast and said that you will be blessed when you do that because they cannot repay you back. So we're supposed to be doing that. Thirdly, we can also take risks, take risks that will honor God. When we are not tied up anymore with the worries of this world, you know what's going to happen? You take risks that will honor God. Question, when was the last time we've become uncomfortable for Jesus? When was the last time that happened to you? Are we all just serving God because it's comfortable for us? When it's not too much? When I'm available, yes, I'm going to sign up. That sounds familiar. When was the last time you went for a mission trip? When was the last time you really gave up your comfort for the sake of God's kingdom? I'm asking you this today. Because you said that Jesus is the most important person in your life. Have you been doing this? This is what C.S. Lewis said in his book, Mere Christianity. Uh, I want you to listen to this because this is really good. It says here, submit with every fiber of your being and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will ever be really yours. Let me repeat that because that doesn't sound right. Nothing that you have not given away will ever be really yours. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred. Loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. We have to live a simple life. Do you agree? Do you agree? Simple life, guys. Simple life. Jesus said that we should watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. And that life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Luke chapter 12. We need to hold everything loosely in this life as we fix our gaze on the eternal. We can live a life where worry does not hold us captive. You guys have worry, right? But we can live without it. Regardless of our circumstances when we follow Jesus, we can confidently knowing that all our needs are met in him. Second thing, set the priority. We need to set the priority. Matthew 6, 21. Matthew 6.21, it says here, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Do you agree with this? That our heart is always connected with our treasures, with our money, with our belongings, with our possessions. All right. Back then in Arizona when I was still a youth pastor, I'm always busy, you know, like helping out with the families and young families and and young kids. So um, it came to the point where, you know, I'm trying to figure out my life too and, you know, we have, our kids are very little at that time. And then uh, the day before, I mean, that morning when I was preparing my sermon and the events for the youth. There was this guy that doesn't come often in my house, and he knocked the door, rang the bell, and he told me this. He said, Monsi, um, I sold some of my properties in the Philippines, and I just thought about you, here you go. So he gave me a, an envelope, and because I was too busy, and just, I told him, you want to come in, you know, and he's like, no, I'm just going to leave, I, I, I don't want to bother you, so I put it on my right pocket here. So, I went on, the following day, again, because of business and stuff like that, I don't sleep well. So, for those of you who don't sleep well, that's not good. Okay, I'm preaching to myself here. So, all right, don't pretend you don't sleep late. Okay, so, uh, when I was there now, like that morning, I picked up two other kids and then, lo and behold, I turned a corner and I hit a curb. I have no idea what happened. And two of my tires blew out, the two right-side tires, the front and the back. So now I called the, the towing company, and they brought me to Firestone. And Firestone said, okay, here's the And But if you can't pay, we're just going to keep your car here for a while. And of course, I'm a youth pastor. I looked at my account. It's only $50. That's why we all eat pizza. So make sure you appreciate Josh. All right, so, <laughs> so I don't have money at that time. And I asked Carol, is that the only thing we have? And then she said yes. And then when they told me the coat, they said about $300 to replace two. And you know what? I looked at my pocket. So lesson for today, do not change your pants. <laughs> so I, I, t- <laughs> I, saw, I saw what's in here. I, I kid you not, I opened it. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what I realized that I never said for the first two services is, that guy that gave me that money, he actually listened to God too because he just sold his property and he was thinking who can give away, who he can give away those tough stuff that, you know, more than he needs. And here I am needing something. And God actually knows what's about to happen to me, that he knows that I'm dumb enough to hit that curve the following day, right? And now I was like telling God, Lord, you could have stopped that. I could have extra 300 <laughs> asking. But yeah, that, that's part of it, right? That's part of uh, yeah, his, his provision. So what is your priority for your finances? Is it your retirement? Is it your kids going to college? Is it to pay off your debt? Is it be financially free? Or just maybe just your daily needs? No matter what your priority is, God is saying to you today that there is a better way to handle your finances. God doesn't need our money, nor He needs anything from us. Why? Because He owns everything. Psalms chapter 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to Him. Do you believe that today? Amen. The moment you feel that everything that you have right now is yours, you will feel the tension of keeping it all. That's not yours. Guys, that's why it's called a blessing, right? The Lord blesses you and you give it away. That's why we are called a conduit of blessing, a channel of blessing, right? And also, that's why it's called, the money is called a currency. It needs to flow. Why are you keeping it? Right? The Lord will provide. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. What's the best part? The best part is the first fruit of all you produced. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So I want to say this today, that you have to give first. Put that aside first because the first fruits or the best part of your produce is God's. Can I hear an amen? A new study finds that people who pledged to practice generosity showed greater increases in self-reported happiness. This is way back in 2017. They said it's a connection that correlated on a neural level with changes in key brain activity. I'm like, oh, okay, you lost me on that. Okay, they said this, that there have been reports that people who spend money on others are happier. But they said this also, but it was always unclear why that is the case. Well, I know why. You probably know why. Maybe because God created us this way. Amen? He created us to be generous and to prioritize giving and helping others. Number three, strive for purity. Strive for purity. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. It says here, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? So for those of you who who can decide what to wear today, what what I should wear. All right, verse 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Aren't we all believers of Jesus Christ? We believe that He died on the cross for us and paid for our sins. Amen. And provided for all of us. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. That's what we've been singing. Above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. 34, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. We all heard this before and it's been spoken over and over. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. Unto you, but what does it really mean? If we're taking care of God's business as a priority, seeking His salvation, living in obedience to Him, and sharing the good news of the kingdom with others, then He will take care of our business as He promised. And if that's the arrangement, God made that arrangement, why do we worry? That's the question. Seek the kingdom of God above all else above all else and his righteousness and the NLT puts it this way and live righteously that's why I said in the beginning strive for purity all right God's kingdom is serving him giving your time money and effort to help build God's kingdom here on earth and to share the gospel to your loved ones your classmates friends co-workers to help those in need and not keep what you have to yourself. Because storing, storing treasures in heaven by doing God's work, by trying your best to edify, encourage the believers in Christ to stand firm to the end. And also, you as the leader, that God wants you to be at home to your family and to your sphere of influence, leading them into salvation from death to life. Amen. From failure to victory, from bondage to fear and for the everlasting life that God has to offer. And that is the kingdom of heaven. Philippians 4.8 And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise because those are eternal. And then Jesus said, all these things will be added unto you. I don't know about you. We don't have to go back to the Greek. We don't have to go back to the Hebrew. All means all. Right? Amen? Do you believe that today, guys? Of course. So when God said, all of these things, everything shall be added unto you. Let's believe that all means all. Well, uh, moving here, um, about three years ago, we don't know anybody, right? So we were like, God, are you sure? Because we're already happy where we're at. Again, you're calling us somewhere else. And then there's a lot that happened even before we moved. And then the, the last hurdle was to find our own home. So at this time, you guys probably know this, the, the housing market at that time was like really horrible. So at some point, I told the elders that, uh, yes, we will be coming. But you guys know that it's hard to find a home. And then even Pastor Scott was mentioning to me, oh, no, we have to probably rethink it. Um, Maybe you guys can't move because of this and that. So, but to cut the story short, God provided. He provided. So this is the first time I'm uh, mentioning this to everybody. This is the, I mean, the only person that knows this is Renee Sains because she's the, she's the one who sold us the, she's the realtor, right? So when, when we were putting an offer to the, to the house, uh, she told us we were not the one who, who has the most offer. Because at that time, I don't know if you remember, you have to put more than what it's worth, right? Like more, more, more so that you can get it. And then we put an offer in the morning. And then in the afternoon before 5 p.m., driving back to Southern California because we, has, we still have work over there to do to finish off. Renee called us and said this. She said, you guys got the house. I have no idea what happened. And then we were like, we were just joking. We both know what happened. It is God's hand. And you know what she said? This is what she said. This is, this is what the word, the word that they used. They said, we want to pick this family. And you know what? That always, you know, gets me because we don't have much. Like I said, I'm, I'm a youth pastor now. It's not like being a worship pastor is better, but I'm just kidding. But I mean... But I mean, uh, we don't have much. We just lean into God for provision. So that's kind of like my testimony. It could be different for you. But what I'm trying to say today is do not worry because He knows what you need. Church, as we learned that if our money talk, your direction reveals your ultimate affection. I hope that when your money says that, that what you feel is peace. I hope that when we can truly say back to money is, I have prioritized the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I hope that the new list will look like this. Can we show the new list? Because I said to flip the script, right? Right? So we're going to give first, we're going to save second, and then live off of what we have. You know why it's like, supposed to be like this? It's because we need to give God the first fruits of our produce. So once you get your salary or, or whatever you get from your business, set aside something to give. And this is what we're, we've been doing with our family so this is just a starting point for all of us. So we always give 10%. So we give 10% and then we save 10% and then we live off of the 80 But with the 80 we also give that out to people that needs it, to other missions that we, we think that we could help with. So anything that we know that that money could be used for God's glory. So that means we are giving more. It's not that we're better, but what I'm trying to say is this is just a model. It could be you today. Give, save, and live. An older pastor that I'm friends with told me this before. He said that whenever God has blessed you with a salary raise or a better job opportunity or when God basically entrusting you with bigger finances, he said this. Instead of raising your standard of living, raise the standard of your giving. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That's where the blessing is. Instead of upgrading your car, okay, this is going to be convicting. Instead of upgrading your car that actually works fine, upgrade the standard of your living. Instead of changing your kitchen again for the third time, that actually you're just putting the same exact thing there. Raise the standard of your living or giving. I'm so sorry. Now, like I said, giving is 10%. That's where we start. Amen? All right. Do you know, this is a fun fact. Do you know that in the Bible, when they talk about 10, the number 10, it's mostly about testing, testing your heart? All right? So it's a test of heart. Well, there is a pattern. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions and then you have to say the right answer because I know you guys have been reading your Bible, correct? Oh, no. No one said yes. Okay. No, don't, don't worry. It's, it's easy. All right. So how many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. Yes, because that's a test. All right. So how many commandments are there? Okay, good. How many times did God test Israel while they were in the wilderness? Ten. Okay, it's getting quieter. All right. It's okay, guys. It's 10. All right. How many, <laughs> how many times were Jacob's wages changed when he was with Laban? Ten. 10. So how many days was Daniel tested? 10. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? I'll give you a hint. There's a five foolish and five wise. Okay, how many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation chapter two verse ten? And how many disciples were there? Twelve. Wow. <laughs> all right. So thank God for those who say twelve. I'm just testing you. Okay, can we show the picture? I saw a meme a couple of weeks ago. This one represents all of us. So you know how we normally deal with a hard time letting go of what we have? So today, I want to ask you this question. What is your teddy bear that you're trying to hold on to? Maybe God is going to give you a bigger one, you know, and you have no idea because you haven't given him the smaller one. So in my reading of the Bible for the whole year, I'm already in the book of Exodus, and there was this guy named Moses. Do you guys remember Moses? So Moses actually... Um, he kept complaining to God. He said this. He said, I cannot talk much. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. And then God said, okay, I'm going to give you your brother Aaron, right? But what got me is this. While I was reading, he said this. God said this to Moses. Moses, what's in your hand? Just that phrase. And I stopped. And I was like, Lord, you're asking me what's in my hand, right? So he asked, Moses, what's in your hand? And he said, a staff or a staff. And God said to Moses, how about you throw that? Or in a sense, give it to me. Throw it to the ground. So and that's what Moses did. He threw it to the ground. That's what he had. What did God do to the staff? He turned it into a snake. All right. So I have news for you guys fast forward to all of those stories moses always uses that staff from miracle to miracle because he gave it to god can i hear a hallelujah so today maybe god is asking you what's in your hand i want i want you to close your eyes and bow your heads and maybe maybe lift up your hands this way together with me and God is asking you this morning, what's in your hand? Are you willing to give that away so that I could give you more so that what you have will turn into miracle upon miracle that you have no idea the effect will be? Today, O oh Lord, thank you for allowing us to learn something from your word that we're supposed to be putting your kingdom first and in your righteousness so that all these things we don't have to worry about because you will provide Lord Jesus help us to understand that everything comes from you help us to understand oh Lord that you are the owner of everything and the 10% or whatever percent we give to you is just something in return from our hearts to you because you deserve all the praises and the glory. Because you are so good. Thank you, Lord, for listening to us. Thank you, Lord, for looking into our hearts. And Lord, I know most of the time we see that this is a test, but you don't want us to fail. You want us to thrive. So today, O oh Lord, give us that wisdom that only comes from you. Help us, Lord, to give generously to you. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody. Say it. Thank you for listening to the Journey Christian Church Podcast. If you would like to support us as we pursue God and love people one at a time, please consider a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeycc.net slash giving.